Hey friends, how you doing there? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Ayin Hey, Daf Seventy Five of Masechet Exubis. Friends, um, well, uh, uh, let me do a babble on one sec. Ooh, be strong. Um, <laughs> what was that Hillel Lester thing? I can't remember. Someone about Ruben Shimon, Hillel Lester. <laughs> Uh, what do you want me to tell you? So, uh, yeah, today we're talking about, uh, like, uh, movement kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, let's say that. Alright, so we can start. Uh-oh, is the sun coming in? Oh, I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? Okay, we might have to move around some furniture, put on some sunglasses. We'll have to see. Alright, let's get started over here. So, we end off finding the hay with Aleph, uh, I don't know, about eight lines into the page or so. The first one online is Rave. Rave Omar. Ochimishach Shuva Askinon. Oh, what time what this is talking about? It's easier to yawn than to uh, deliver uh, the shear, you know? Maybe I'll just yawn. No, but we have to, we have to learn the daf. What do you want me to tell you? This is the way it goes. Every day, there's got to be a daf. Daf a day. Yesterday we saw a machlokas, two, right? two conflicting brises, right? One brises says that uh, if there are nidarim, but if she has nedarim and she goes to a chacham and gets them permitted, so then the kedushin, the mafreya is, is, is acceptable because he's matter right, the, the nedarim are, are becoming permitted the mafreya retroactively, and the kedushin that happened at the time that she had nedarim on the kedushin that she doesn't have nedarim, so retroactively it's killed. There alone there aren't any nedarim, and therefore it's good kedushin. Whereas if uh, meaning if she got married in the condition that there were no vows, so now retroactively there are no vows. Now, if uh, she got uh, uh, betrothed under the condition that, um, excuse me, Babylon, there were no mumin, and she accepted the kiddushin, and then she goes to the doctor to to heal the mumin. That does not work because the, that only happens, you know, from this point on. But at the time of the kiddushin, she had mumin. But there was another bride that says that even if she gets them um, uh, permitted, uh, permitted, then the kiddushin is still not good. One second, let me check the fridge. So the shayla is. How come, how come, in one place we're saying that if they were in a dorm and she gets them permitted, so then uh, the Kiddushin is good. And how come we're saying in one place it's not good? So, so to that question comes this answer. Rav Amr says, Askinon. Well, here this woman who's getting betrothed is not just any woman, it's a woman from a noble family. That he says, well look, if, 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 if her vows become permitted and retroactively we're now married, but I don't want to be married to her because she's a vower and he doesn't want to be married to a vower and then like vower, like uh, somebody who vows, an Ishanadronis, a vower. Is that a word? Dennis. Um, anyways, so, so he doesn't want to be married to a vower. I like that word, vower. That's a nice word, a vower. <laughs> well, friends, we're learning Nidorim next, so we'll have plenty of opportunities. Vower, a vower. That's nice, powerful too. Vower. Anyways, so 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 um, if he says, "Look, I don't want to be married to a vower," so he. It's a nice word. So he. <laughs> so he divorces her. And then, but then he can't marry her, his, her relatives, but he wants to be able to marry her relatives because she comes from a noble family. So therefore, 
Um, in that case, because he wants to reserve the ability to be able to marry her relatives, he won't want that the Kedushin should work retroactively if her uh, uh, vows get permitted. Vower. If that's the case, say for the Katani when it says, if we continue in that Brisa where it says, Avel, but, if he had vows, if he was a vower, and then he went to a, um, um, a Chacham to get his vows permitted, it's a Rofiv repay also, or if he goes to a doctor and the doctor heals him, and then the Kedushin works, Lisne in Mekudeshes. Let's say that it is not good kiddushin vilema and and say here. Let's say that this guy was came from a noble family. The Amra and that she says lo That she says, look, if he was a vower, I don't want to be married to him retroactively because I want to reserve the right to be able to be married to his relatives. Yet it doesn't say that. It says that if he gets his um, um, uh, vows are not, uh, uh, permitted retroact- right? so retroactively so they are married but what about the sort of noble family thing so so when it says well she'll basically marry anybody she, she'll, she'll just be happy to be married like Rishlokish that says Rishlokish Better to have two people lying together than to be alone. So therefore, she will say, look, even if he's from a noble family, I'll just, I'll stay married to him anyways. I'd rather have somebody. Abayi Omar says, Abayi the Shumshono Gavro, that if a fellow is small like an ant, that's very small. Kurse be charoto romila. But nonetheless, you have a woman, she can be married to a fellow as small as an ant. But she's nonetheless married, and therefore she reserves her seat among the noble women. She reserves her seat among the Yentis in the bungalow colony on Shabbos afternoon. Even the Yentis in the bungalow colony on Shabbos afternoon will accept her as long as she's married. That's true, Lemaissa. As long as you're married. If you're not married, the Yentis in the bungalow colony on Shabbos afternoon, they don't want to talk to you. But you could be married to a fellow the size of an ant. You're in. You'll have a seat among the Yentis in the bungalow colony on Shabbos afternoon. The Shaila is, do you really want to have a seat among the Yentis in the bungalow colony on Shabbos afternoon? I'll leave that to you to decide. Romila, Rapapa, no. What? Kuzbechayat or Romila, fine. Rapapa says, Rapapa, the Nafsagavro, that even if a fellow is a, a, a flax, he works with flax, what does he do? He, 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 he a flax, uh, a worker. A, 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 what is he? Do? A, fla- a flax, what's it called? A, a flaxer? <laughs> a flaxer. The nafsa, he works with flax. Um, Gavra, okay. So, Tikari Bisefe Bava Vitesev, she'll nonetheless, she won't have a problem with that. I mean, even if he works with flax and he, it's a very smelly kind of profession, she won't care. She'll sit with him. On the front porch, Rav Ashi Omer says, Rav Ashi, the Kalsa Gabra, even if a fellow comes from a uh, very poor family, doesn't have any money, doesn't matter. She won't even ask for lentils for the pot. She won't care. She's just happy to be married. But we learn in the Brisa that in all of these cases, 
you know, when your husband is the size of an ant or he works with flax, uh, they all um, uh, sleep with other men and get pregnant and then say that uh, it's from their husbands. So any of the mums that uh, posel by a koyin is posel also by um, is also is also posel when it comes to um, getting married. Tana we learn in a brayse hosif alein zeiv shuma v'rechapet that they added to the blemishes uh, for getting married uh, sweat um, warts and bad breath. Wait, these things are not a problem for Kohanim. An animal that is old or is sick or is Mizuham, which we want to assume means like sweaty. And we learn in the that these mums, whether they are uh, fixed or, or, or temporary, uh, are a problem by people as well. All right. Amr Ribyosi says Ribyosi Brabhanina Lokasha it's no problem. Kan Bizea overis, Kan Bizea Sha'ena overis. So it depends. That um, when it comes to um um uh, um uh, sweat that kind of goes away, so that I guess would be acceptable by a coin, but not by a um but not by a uh, woman getting married. Rav Ashi Amr says Ravashi Zea Mzum Karamas. Wait, you can't the, the b'risa by mums of a coin says mizuham. Uh, when it comes to our mission, it says zaya. Those are two separate things. When it comes to the kohanim, you could remove it with like uh, wine vinegar. And also with bad breath, you could just stick a pepper in your mouth. You can't just stick a pepper in your wife's mouth the whole time. You know, it's not very nice. <laughs> now what kind of wart are we talking about if the wart has a hair in it well if the wart has a hair in it then both by Kohanim and by your wife it's going to be a problem okay if there's no hair in it if it's a big wart I think a shum is a wart why not? What else would it be? Excuse me. Let me confirm. Oh, it, it's a mole. It's a mole. I guess that's different than a wart. All right, a mole. Fine. See, shumagidolehi. If it's a big wart, uh, no, no, a mole, a mole. If it's a big mole, so then Well, then it's going to be posel both by marriage and by kohanim. Yishumaktana. If it's a small mole, he ochavacha lo pasla. Well, then by kohanim and by marriage, it's not posel. The tanis will learn a shumashiyesh baseir. A mole that has hair, harizimum, it is a mum, ain basayer, if there's no hair, kidola harizimum, if it's a big mole, so then there is a mum, kitana ain zemum, if it's a small mole, so then it's not a mum. Okay, basically, kidola, what's a big mole? Uh, what's a big mole? Okay, perish of shimagamlil, shimagamlil, explain, adki isra italki, a mole the size of an Italian isra. Okay. Well, um, by by uh, your marriage is by your wife. It's talking about well, if she's got a small mole, but it's on her forehead. Padachta Yeah, but if it's on her forehead, he clearly saw it and he was cool with it. 
says, okay, fine. It's under like the cap of her head. What does the cap of her head mean? Like she's wearing a cap like I'm wearing? Or is like the cap of your head like a part of your head? I don't know. Um, fine. Sometimes it's visible and sometimes it's not. If she got bitten by a dog and she has a scar, a deep voice in a uh, woman is considered a mum. The puzzle says, Because your voice is sweet and your appearance is um, pleasant. Tony Reb Nosson Beira, Reb Nosson Beira taught, Ben Dada Isha Tefach. So between the uh, breasts of a woman is one hand Tefach. So Reb Acha Beira Derava Kami Derava Ashi Lemimer Tefach Lemal Yusu. So Reb Acha Beira taught before Reb Ashi that he thought that this was a good thing. That if there is a Tefach between the breasts of a woman, that's a good thing. Amen. Reb Ashi Reb Ashi says no. Gabi Mumin Tanya. It's a bad thing. So what's a good thing? Three finger breaths between the breasts would be a good thing. Says Ribnosin that if you have a woman whose breasts are bigger than her friends, it's considered a mum. How much bigger? Says Ribmesha. Tefach, <laughs> Was able to throw her breasts behind her and uh, and uh, nurse her uh, son, who was uh, she was like throw her breasts over her shoulder to nurse her son. We'll see in Yomar ish v'ish yuladba, and to Zion it will be said that a man and, and that men a man and a man will be born in it. and he will fix it above. Amr Meisha Beder Yeshua Ben Levi. Whether it's somebody who's born in 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 in, in Israel or whether it's somebody who, who longs to be there, that one fellow from Eretz Yisrael is greater than two fellows in Bavel. But one of us from Bavel, when he makes Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael, is even better than two of them. So you hear this. So wait, so what does that mean mathematically? If one fellow from Eretz Yisrael is equal to two Babylonians, but a Babylonian who goes to Eretz Yisrael is greater than, is equal to two people from Eretz Yisrael. So the lowest on the chain is the Babylonian. One fellow in Eretz Yisrael is equal to two Babylonians, but a Babylonian who moves to Eretz Yisrael is then equal to two Eretz Yisrael uh, 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 fellows. 
Eretz Yisrael the Kiyidin. So therefore, that means a Babylonian who moves to Eretz Yisrael, I guess, four times as good as a Babylonian in, in Babel? I think so. Because one Babylonian bubble, it, two of them are equal to one person in Eretz Yisrael, so that means that two is equal to one, but then times two is equal to one of those, so two times two is four. Yeah, I think four sounds about right. Let's go right there. So, okay, um, fine. So now, um, okay, where am I? Okay, okay, can you find the Rabbi Yirmiya, because Rabbi Yirmiya, the Chiyah when he was in Bavel, he couldn't figure out what the rabbis were saying. But Kisalik Lahasim, when he went to Eretz Yisrael, all of a sudden he was calling us the silly Babylonians. Alright. Let's go weiter. Oh, so this, 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 this Mishnah, it isn't from the easiest Mishnahs. I mean, it's nothing ridiculously insane, but, uh, you know. You know, you gotta take out your brains. Take out your brains. Take out your brains might be one of my favorite things that ever came out of my mouth on Babylon Talmud. That's what happens. Two and a half years of babbling and something like take out your brains emerges. Take out your brains. That's a funny one. Take out your brains. Well, Chevr, take out your brains for this Mishnah. So if uh, it, it was revealed that she has blemishes and she she is not yet married, she's engaged but she's not yet married, she's still at her father's house. So the father, if he plans to extract suba payment from uh, the chosin, so he has to bring a proof that at the time of betrothal, she did not have these blemishes and the blemishes came only after betrothal and therefore sorry dude tough luck and you have to pay me the ksube now so so again so as long as she's still in her father's house it's upon the father to prove right the burden of proof is on the father to prove that these mumin emerged after she was already engaged because if it was before she was engaged well then right now once she gets married and she's by the husband so at that point if the mums emerge it's the husband who needs to prove he needs the burden of proof is upon him to prove that the these mumin were there already prior to betrothal and that at the time of betrothal she already had these mums which disqualify her and therefore he shouldn't have to pay the ksube and uh, and uh, it, you know it was a mistaken uh, kiddushin and therefore he shouldn't have to pay the ksube when do we say that the uh, husband is able to Make a taina about the mumin and not have to pay exube. These are hidden by hidden blemishes. Avol. If they are revealed, external, visible mumin, then he cannot make that taina because he should have seen it. Now, if there is a bathhouse in that city, even the blemishes, the hidden blemishes, he cannot 
uh, make a claim about because if there's a bathhouse, well then, um, so he'll ask his uh, relatives to check her out and see if there are women shebeseser. Okay, says the Gemara, time of the Maisha of Raya. So we had said in the first part of the Mishnah that the right if these mumins if these mums emerge and she's still in her father's house the father is the burden of proof is on the father meaning we don't say friends remember the machlokas at the very beginning of the mesechta the first parak of the mesechta wow this is about two months ago already wow we've been learning subas for a while how you guys been enjoying subas Geschmack, right i mean after you vomit man it's nice man vomit was insane Ksubis is Geschmack. So, if you remember from the beginning of Ksubis, so, there's a machlokas between Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Gamliel. That Rabbi Yoshua had said, right, in the situations, you know, with like the Mukasets and all that stuff, that there's the Chazaka, the, uh, so Rabbi Yoshua had said, the the um, Chazaka de Mamo, right, that meaning, right now, the husband has the money. And therefore, Rabbi Yeshua says, if the husband has the money right now, and we're trying to right, and we're trying to extract that money from him, the burden of proof is on the father to prove that the mums emerged after kiddushin in order to, you know, over uh, override the chazaka that the mon- that the husband has the money right now, and only if he brings a proof that the mums emerged after kiddushin, only then can he extract the money. Whereas Rabbi Gamliel's opinion would be that the Chazaka de Gufa, that the Chazaka is that uh, she doesn't have, she wasn't born with mums, and therefore the Chazaka is that she does not have a mum, and therefore the burden of proof would be on the husband to prove that that um, that, that that she did have a mum prior to Kiddushin, and therefore it was a Mekachtos, and therefore he shouldn't have to pay the um, Ksuba. So the time of the Maisha of Rias, it says the Gemara, that the ratio of the Mishnah is saying that when she's in her father's house, she has to, right, the father, the burden of proof is on the father, because even though the chazaka of her body is that there was no mum, but the chazaka of the money is that the husband has the money right now, and if the father wants to extract the money from the husband, he has to prove that the mumin emerged after Kiddushin. Hello, Maisia of Raya, but if the father does not bring a proof, Habal Meheman. So then we, then we, uh, believe the, the husband. Money Rabbi Yoshua, that's like Rabbi Yoshua, the Amr, that's like Rabbi Yoshua says, look, we don't just live based on what she says, and we go based on the Chazaka of the, um, of the, of the, um, of the, um, right, Hamid, Mamun right, so we go based on the uh, Chazaka of the fellow who's got the money, and and uh, the burden of proof is on the father. Ema seifa, but one second, if we go right to the mission, what does it say? That once they get married, it's the husband who needs to bring the proof. The burden of proof is on the husband, which means that we say that, well, there's a chazaka that she didn't have any mumin, and therefore he has to prove that there were mumin prior to kiddushin. Time of the Maisia Baal Raya. So the only reason, so so it, you know, he he's potter from paying the ksuba if he could bring a proof. But if the husband does not bring a proof that she had mumin prior to kiddushin, so then 
The husband is not believed. The, right, the father is believed. And he would have to pay the ksubeh. That's a Garba Gamliel who says that you go based on the chazaka of the goof, of the body, and the chazaka is that she didn't have any woman. Domina menace that she's believed. So says Rabbi okay, clearly we have two things going on in the Mishnah. We have a Reisha and a Seifa that are two different Tanas. The Reisha is Rabbi Yoshua, and the Seifa is Rabbi Gamliel. Okay. Amurava says, Rav Lotem Rabbi Yoshua, Lo Azil, Basar, Chazaka de Gufaklal. Says, Rav, do not say that according to Rabbi Yoshua, we do not go, that right, that don't say that Rabbi Yoshua is purely a Chazaka de Mamona guy. That Rabbi Yoshua would say in all instances, you go based on the Chazaka of the money, which is why over here, it's upon the father to bring the, the burden of proof is on the father, because the husband has the money right now. Right, so Amrava lo Tamer Rabbi Yeshua lo Azu Basu Chazaka Degufa Klal. Don't say that according to Rabbi Yeshua, he never goes based on Chazaka Degufa. Ella kilo Azu Rabbi Yeshua Basu Chazaka Degufa. When Rabbi Yeshua does not go based on the Chazaka of the Guf, is Heichadik Chazaka Demamona is only in instances where there is Chazaka Demamona, such as over here, which is that the husband has the money. Aval Heichad the Leka Chazaka Demamona. But in a situation where there is no chazaka de mamona, also Rabbi Yeshua basu chazaka de gufa, Rabbi Yeshua will go based on the chazaka of the guf. The Tananas will learn in the Mishnah, and by Herod's called him the Seir Lovin. By Tsaras, if the, if the affliction comes prior to the white hair, Tomei, him Seir Lovin called him the Baharis, Tahor. But if the white hair comes before the, um, uh, um, uh, um, affliction, so then Tahor, it is, uh, pure. Suffolk, what if we're not sure? Tommy. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Kea. My Kea, Rava, Kea, Tahor. Omer, Rava, Kea, Tahor. So Rabbi Yeshua basically says it's Tahor. So if you're not sure if the, um, if the, um, affliction came first, or if, right, the Tsaras came first, or if the, if the white hair came first, or Rabbi Yeshua in that case will say, go based on the Chazaka of the body, and the Chazaka would be that, I guess that the white hair came first, or that there, or that there's no uh, Tsaras. Alright. Fine. And I guess that the Chazaka is that he's Tahor. Okay, fine. Givadik. Now, Ravi Omar. Oh, so says Ravi. So Ravi doesn't want to say that the Reisha is Rabbi Yeshua and the Sefer is Rabbi Gamliel. Rather, Ravi Omar says, Ravi, Reisha kanimtsu v'chan hoyu. Ravi wants to say, look, I can explain to you logically. We could say that it's all entirely Rabbi Gamliel. As we said in the first paragraph, that Allah has like that we go based on the Chazaka de Gufa, and therefore the burden of proof would be on the husband. But here's the thing. Rav Omer Reisha Kanimtsu V'chanoyu, Seifanami Kanimtsu V'chanoyu. Rav explains, look, in the Reisha, she's living in her father's house. And therefore, we want to argue, look, if these afflictions, were, if these women were found in her father's house, so let's assume that she had them from her father's house, i.e., even prior to the Kiddushin. And therefore, the burden of proof is on the father, whereas in the Seifa, the Mumin were discovered after she was married in the husband's house. So therefore, let's say, so therefore we'll assume, Kanhoyu, Kanimsu Kanhoyu, that it was in the husband's house where the afflictions, where, where the Mumin appear, emerged in the first place. So again, Rabbi Amr says, Rabbi Reisha, then the first part of the Mishnah, Kanim Tzuv Chanoyu, 
the, right, the, 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 the women were found in the father's house, so let's assume that they were there always from the father's house, even prior to the Kedushin. And in the Sefer also, once she's married, in the Sefer once she's married, the women were discovered in the husband's house, so let's say that they emerged in the husband's house. And therefore the burden of proof is on him to prove that they are already from prior to Kiddushin. Eisvei Abaye. Abaye Asakashin. Yichnasa Lushus Abal. So it says in our Mishnah that once they get married, Habal Tzorich Laviraya, it is upon the husband to bring a proof, Sha'ad Shalot Tisares, Hayu Bamumen Elu. That these mums were already there prior to Eresin. Vayu Mikcho Mekach Tos. And that um, it was, a, you know, he got married by mistake, and therefore shouldn't have to pay his exube. Ad shelot in. So now this is if he proves that the mumin were there already from before erisin. Mishetisares lo. But if he's only able to bring proof that the mumin appeared after kiddushin, that would not suffice. He would still have to pay the exube. Ve'amai. But why? Why does he have to prove that the movement were there prior to Kiddushin? He should just be able to, it should be enough to prove that the movement were there even after Kiddushin, as long as she was in her father's house, because that if they were discovered in her father's house, then they must have been in her prior, in her, right? She must have had them in her father's house the entire time, even prior to Kiddushin. So Rava says to Abaye, Mishin is Arso, Mishum de that well, once she's engaged, if, if, if the movement were only discovered after she was engaged, we could say, that a fellow would, uh, you know, only drink from a cup that he inspects first, i.e., he would only marry this woman if he inspected her first, and this fellow before uh, they got married, would have seen this mum and accepted it, and therefore, um, if he accepted it, he accepted it. What can I tell you, fellow? If that's the case, well, if that's the case, even prior to Arison also say that he saw it, he wouldn't marry her before checking for mums, and uh, he accepted it. So why should he be able to, you know, get out of paying for the ksuba if he could prove that it's prior to Arison? He accepted it. Well, because we'll say that we have a chazaka that a fellow doesn't accept mums. He doesn't just say like, oh yeah, I saw the mum and, it, and I'm cool with it. Fellows aren't cool with mums. Well, if that's the case, then say the same thing after betrothal, right? Say that if they, if they determine that she had mumin after betrothal, so then say that... Um, you know, that, um, meaning initially we want to say if he found it after betrothal, so then, well, he must have already seen it. But let's say that, uh, right, and accepted it. But why don't we say, yeah, but a fellow doesn't just accept, uh, mums. So, Elam Shinis Arsa, rather, once she gets engaged, Mishum Ika Tarte, that once she gets engaged, so then there are two chazakas that are going against the fellow. Chazaka hamenagufach is kaso. Well, there's the chazaka of, well, the fact that, you know, generally speaking, she doesn't 
and she wasn't born with a mum. And also the chazaka that um, and also the chazaka that he right, that he would have he wouldn't just marry her without checking. And therefore, and he must have been okay with it, right? So therefore, if they only prove that the mums existed after Arison, so we'll say, look, first of all. The chazaka is that she wasn't born with mumim, so therefore at the time of Kiddushin she didn't have mum. And also, he wouldn't marry her without doing a badika first, and therefore he clearly must have accepted it. My Amart, what will you argue against that? Chazaka in other mipayis mumim. You'll say, yeah, but the fellows aren't okay with mums. Have a ta'iti, but that's only one chazaka against the other two chazakas. ta'iti lo aminun. And we don't go after one chazaka against two chazakas. And therefore, the chazakas work in favor of the, uh, um, the, the, uh, of him having to pay the ksube. Ad shalotis ares, now if he brings proof that the mums existed prior to Arisen, where we can't just say, well, assume, well, there's a chazaka that she doesn't have mumin, and therefore, we can assume that at the time of Kiddushin, she didn't have movement, because we just proved that she did have movement at the time of Kiddushin. Sumaika, chazaka dein adam shose because elam came bodko. What are you going to, so what are you going to argue? That, yeah, but a fellow will only, you know, drink from a cup that he inspects, i.e. he'll only marry this um, woman if he did a badika first, and he saw it, and he was okay with that. Right? No, rather we'll say that um, a fellow doesn't accept these mums, and therefore we know that she had a mum at the time of um, Arison, and therefore even if he did a badika, he wouldn't necessarily be cool with that, and therefore if he can prove that the mum existed prior to Kiddushin, then leave the money where it is, and he does not have to pay the ksube. Rav Ashi Yomar says, Rav Ashi, Reisha, Mone, Le'aba, Biyadcha. Well, it says Rav, it says Rav Ashi, that in the Reisha, when she's in her father's house, the reason why, why the burden of proof is on the father, and we do not say that, well, the chazaka of the goof is that she does not have movement, and therefore, um, and therefore, the husband should have to pay the ksuba, because we assume that based on the chazaka that she wasn't born with movement, therefore she didn't have movement at the time of Arison. We don't say that. Rather, we say that the father needs to, the burden of proof is on the father. It's because basically, if, if she was engaged and she wasn't a, a, a bogaris, so if she was engaged and then they get divorced from engagement, the money goes to the father. And therefore, Right, it's it, it's a situation of Ravashi Omar Reisha Mona Laava Biyadoch. That it's that Biyadoch. Right, the claim is that her father is owed money, not her, and therefore we're not going to go based on the chazak of her goof in order to make to, to, to for her father to get a payment. Vesefa Mona Li Biyadoch. Whereas in the Seifa, after marriage. After marriage, once they're married, then if they get divorced, she would get the ksuba. And therefore, she's saying that this is money for me that you have. You have to pay me my ksuba. And therefore, we do go based on chazaka de gufa. And therefore, that's why he would have to pay 
the money because the chazaka is that she didn't have mums at the time of of, of Eris and Eisvi Ravacha Beder of Avi the Ravashi Ravacha Beder of Avi as Akasha to Ravashi Moder Reb Meir b'Mumin Haruuy Lavo Ima Mibeis Avil that Reb Meir admits that when it comes to Mumin that right that could come with her from her father Shala of the Aviraya that is upon the father to bring proof right that if that if even after marriage it's a mum that could have come from her father's house so then it is upon her father to bring a proof how come it should be a situation of I have money right that you owe me money therefore we should go based on the chazaka de gufa that she didn't have a mum so here it's talking about where she's got an extra limb like an extra finger or something Yisairus Mariah Maisi. But if she had an extra limb, then how can you possibly prove that, right, that you didn't have the extra limb before, um, right, how can you prove that the extra limb only came after Arison? I mean, you, it's something you're born with. So, Ra, Dura Paisu. So, Ra, Dura Paisu. Well, the proof could be that, um, he saw it and he accepted it. So that's, uh, so that's what you need to prove. Ooh, wow, that got a little complicated there at the end. So that was Daf Ayin Hay of Masech Ksubis. Well, the first part of the Daf, we um, yeah finished with a distinction from yesterday about uh, a situation where if a Chacham annuls Nidarim, nonetheless the Kedushin would not be Chal retroactively, and that was because we're talking about a noble family. We then got into this Mishnah about Mums, and we had said that well, if the mums uh, are discovered when she's still in her father's house, then the burden of proof is on the father. If they're discovered after marriage, then the burden of proof is on the husband. We have different ways of understanding this. One way of understanding this could be that while the Reisha is Rabbi Yoshua and the Sefer is Rabbi Gamliel, another way to understand it was based on, well, there's different chazakas operating when she's in her father's house versus when she is married, determining uh, the who with whom the burden of proof is. And of Ashi um, said at the end that the difference um, between the Reisha and the Seifa is that um, in the Reisha we don't go based on Chazaka de Gufa because the, it's not the, the money isn't actually going to her, so we don't go based on her Kuf. But after marriage, the Chazaka is going to her, so therefore we go based on Chazakas de Guf, and that's why he, the burden of proof is upon him. Friends, hope you enjoyed. Peace out.